Hey, Geekscapists, welcome to a brand new Geekscape episode. I'm Jonathan London, your host, and this is not one of the normal Geekscape episodes. This is a Geekscape special. A normal Geekscape episode would have me sitting down with someone from the worlds of movies, video games, comic books, TV, a storyteller, like an actor, or a writer, or director, or a musician, or any producer, anybody involved in the story-making process, and talking about why they tell these stories and what goes into them, and really pulling them apart. For a special, I like to sit down with my good friend Ian Kerner, who I started Geekscape with 12 years ago, and talk about uh, a specific tentpole geek movie, uh, whether that be a big Marvel Cinematic Universe movie, a Star Wars film, or maybe one of Warner Brothers and DC's offerings, as we're talking about today. We're talking about James Wan's Aquaman, a film that, uh, second hour theater, uh, Ian and said, Wow, that was weird. I didn't say it was bad. I didn't say it was good. I just said it was weird. <laughs> and, and that was my first reaction watching this movie, which at times I thought was bad, and at times I thought was great, and I oftentimes thought was really, really weird. Do I? Am I glad that this movie exists? Absolutely. Do I think that geeks should go see this movie? Absolutely. Do I think you should raise yourselves for a movie that does a lot of things? And some succeed while others don't? Absolutely. This is a tone-crazy movie that goes in a lot of different directions very quickly. And I don't know how to make a better Aquaman movie. This is the one we got. This is the one we're going to talk about. So, Ian, those are my initial thoughts. I'm glad I saw this movie. I had fun watching it. But, damn, what a crazy Jupiter ascending of a comic book movie. Yeah, I, I had a very similar reaction. Um, when the movie and, and the people with me felt the same way, it was a fun movie, right? Um, there's a lot about it that I want. I mean, I, I groaned many times in it, and yet overall, um, you know, I'm, I'm conflicted. There, there were moments where I wanted to cheer, uh, things I found funny, uh, things, there were sequences that were really great. You know, um, I'm not sure how I'd fix it. Um, yeah, I mean, th- there's a lot to say about this movie. Yeah, okay. So when thinking about how to dice this one up, because, again, like the tone shifts are insane, and I'm guessing one of your groaning sequences was the Little Mermaid sequence where <laughs> Mira is discovering the Earth people for the first time and walking on land and eating roses. And I was like, uh-uh. No. Nope. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, uh-uh. That's, yeah. no, that's just bad. <laughs> well, well, you know, what, what, one of the problems is there. there the, the Atlantean mythology, listen, it's problematic. It's always problematic. But it's like, what do they know? What, what don't they know? I mean, first of all, they speak English. Yes. You know, why would they speak English? Yeah, and so so let's start with the beginning, because I thought the beginning was really beautiful. And I, and it, beyond the fact that Nicole Kidman. I was loving it. Besides the fact that Nicole Kidman doesn't age and is stunning and beautiful, um, I and I love this opening, and they did such a great economic version. And I love using that word economic when I talk about an opening because the opening should really just very efficiently set the groundwork for everything you're going to see in the rest of the movie. And this one does, but the movie doesn't stick to it. It, it, it has a fun tone to it. It has a lot of action. It has yeah. a lot of drama. It has some pathos to it. The it sets up a legend. 
with her is fantastic. It does some great action. That's the movie you think you're going to get. Yeah. But over the course of the movie that you actually get, you get some, like, invasive tones that you're like, wait, this is what was promised in those first amazing five minutes. I didn't want a corny sequence or this sequence or this sequence. The first five minutes of the movie are really great. And yeah, um, and I was pumped. I was ready to go. Um, yes, there is a crazy amount of CGI in this movie. Pretty much every shot is CGI. It's yeah. in some element. It but is, it, I mean, it is, it is a lot, but how else are you going to do Aquaman? Exactly. Exactly. Um, I mean, look, let's start off by saying, you know, of course I've, I've made all the jokes for a while there, you know, wet Thor, you know, back to justice league, you know, I, I mean, I was always saying, actually, excuse me, back all the way um, to uh, Batman versus Superman, you know, this take, you know, they're trying to capture that Peter David Aquaman version, which is my, one of my favorite things in comics ever. I love that run so much. He loses his arm and goes bad. Goes yeah, tough. yeah, you know, but it yeah. grows the hair out, has the beard, you know, that rough, don't mess with me Aquaman. I do a decent job of that. I think I've all along this idea of Aquaman as this boozing, partying guy doesn't work for me. It's very bro-y. Which yeah. the only the only time that worked for me was when the guy the, the, the bikers come up to him in the bar and are like, Hey, are Love. you Aquaman? And then it turns out they just wanted a selfie with him and he's like rolling his eyes at these guys. Yeah. And I right. like that sequence. What I Love didn't it. like that what I didn't like that I think is a derivative of that take on Aquaman is that in the first action sequence that we get with grown up Aquaman in which he saves a portion of a submarine with full of sailors, Russian sailors. There are three guitar slides when Aquaman does something quote unquote cool. So Aquaman goes, he busts in, takes two guys out with the uh, busting into the hull of the ship and, and knocking the, 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 the door off. And then he looks at them and goes, permission to come aboard. And then you hear, like what was the show that had the the sunglasses and who was it was Dave, it was was it a David Chase show who was it that um who was the actor and every time the show would start he would have some stupid line and then he'd turn to the camera and put on his sunglasses uh, and it was um it was um the um the uh Dirty Harry one um take on Dirty Harry the comedic one um with uh, the oh, it was a football player um. Oh, were you thinking about Boz? No, 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 no. I know exactly what you're talking about. I was talking about the TV series. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it was, it was, it was reminiscent of Dirty Harry. That was, and I'm uh, sitting there watching this, like, it was in that first submarine sequence where he's saving those Russian sailors, and yeah. you have the Black Manta origin stuff going on. Yeah, like that sequence has three instances where it, Aquaman does something quote unquote cool. And it goes, and you're like, what the fuck is this? The 90s? Cut that crap out. We're laughing at you. That whole whole sequence from the start just feels like just that typical old-style superhero movie sequence. He comes to save the day, right? And that's actually, 
my complaint about this movie at the same time it isn't really a complaint because there's aspects of it that I like is that it just feels like an older style. Like Marvel's kind of reinvented it and this is just going back to that, you know, like some of the things that worked in the old Superman movies, you know? It's well, there are parts of it that feel like a TV movie. What's there, that? Were part, there were parts of this that felt like a TV movie. Like David Goyer had written this movie for television in the 90s. Like the whole sequences where they have to find the original Atlantis. And they're like, oh, I'm just going to put yeah. the bottle. I'm going to put the bottle in the statue. Or yeah. I'm going to follow this. I was like, this feels like a made-for-TV well, movie. Wait, wait a second. Now, now, you want to get me started on that. One of my biggest complaints is, all right, explain this to me. Atlantis. Keep it, wait, 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 I don't think we did this. Keep it by, folks. We're going to spoil the movie. <laughs> oh, yeah. We're going to spoil the fuck out of the movie. I mean, if you haven't seen the movie already and you're watching this or listening to this, that's just a bad idea. So, anyway. Um, and we're recording uh, over Skype. And again, Geekscape is we're recording over Skype. Ian and I are two states away trying to get you this episode. So, our apologies. Yeah. So, so Atlantis had to sink, I mean, certainly tens of thousands of years ago, if not hundreds of thousands of years ago, right? Atlantis, Atlantis had, would have had to sink, I was guessing, before, like, or, like I would say, at the, at the latest, Atlantis sank 3,000 years ago, right mm-hmm. around, because where, 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 where do we have written history? Where do we have written history? 5,000 years? 10,000 years? Yeah, What's the beginning yeah. of written history? It had, right. to have, it had to have sank before that, but they're also talking about Rome. Well, that's my problem. <laughs> yeah, they're talking about Rome. Romulus, the statue of Romulus is the way to find Atlantis. And I'm like, wait a minute. If if they have a statue of Romulus, let's hope everything that was ever written about Atlantis was in that library that Nero burned. (laughs) Because otherwise, like, we would have talked about it. It just doesn't make any sense. And even when when the monster is like, oh, it's been a thousand years, I was like, wait, was that supposed to be a thousand years since Atlan? Because I, I was literally going, like, I what what I don't understand. Yes, this movie. I was going to put Atlantis in the fall of Atlantis, the sequence that you see the fall of Atlantis, at the earliest or the latest three thousand years ago. But even then, it doesn't make sense because there's history. Super- I know, I know. There's a statue of. I know. And I mean, like, 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 it's full on Wakanda, you know, with, with the super science and all that. I'm like, what the fuck? Fine, they just say it. Okay, so that, that's the first thing, which drove me nuts. Um, in the comics, more or less, fine, that's what happens, it sinks. And they establish that the way and the reason why, because it's not instant evolution, it's... You know, give me, because they actually go to the pain and effort of explaining Atlantis. Fine, great. But was there a moment when the, the super science enabled them to suddenly become superhuman and be under the waves and be super strong and live underwater? You know, because in the comics, they just flat out say it was sorcery. You know, that they all changed. They became a different race, right? Yeah. And here they try and say, and it is, you're, I agree that the origin of Atlantis stuff is problematic. And here it's like, Oh, some of us sank all the way to the depths and we became like monsters. Some of us became crustaceans. Some of us became half fish people. But and some when? of us became humans. It's like, what? There's like five tribes. And, uh, and it's instant, seven, seven instant tribes. Evolution. Yeah, they, they just mutated the second they touched water. <laughs> I mean, that, that really, really bothered me. 
So here's the thing. One thing that the movie didn't surprise me that, that I did like, you know, as, as a very active, you know, and current comic book reader is it drew a lot from very, very recent Aquaman comics, way more recent than I would have expected. And probably a lot of stuff that you're not familiar with. Getting into things like the idea of these different races and it actually being set up, I mean, they did different kingdoms versus, you know, different, you know, sections of Atlantis. Um, Ian, real quick, I'm going to cut the video on myself just because it's it's uh, it's having a little bit of render problems. Apologies to the listeners. I'm doing this for you. Okay. Um, and if you want to do that as well, you can just mute your, your video just because it was doing a little bit of... Uh, it was having a little bit of problems. Okay, go for it. So anyway, um, <laughs> you just rotated your your video screen. You didn't turn it off. Okay. You just rotated your iPad. I was looking at your iPad quick. <laughs> Sorry, listeners. Yeah. Whatever. Okay. There. Great. Better. It is better. Thank you, sir. Great. So anyway, um, so you know they they draw from a lot of recent comic books. The whole thing about you know aspects of the quest. And where they end up, which is that sort of scarterous light, you know, other dimensional thing, you know, the trench and the creatures in the trench. It's all yes. from. I am familiar just, with those. Yeah, and they're only about three years old. Right, you know? right. So the trench very, was very, the trench very, recent. Is very recent. Yeah, like it's like, wait, when did they write this script? Like, my God, they had to have been writing as the comics were coming out. No, they my, wrote it this past John's summer. Involved. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, and John was involved and. He sort of set that stuff up. He didn't finish it, which, you know, I know Parker had finished writing those comics, but it was, you know, I guess, you know, the, the nods are there. So so that surprised me, but in a good way. Um, so I, I, I like that stuff. Um, but, you know, I mean, w- one of my quibbles to find, you know, I think that they were taking a little bit of stuff, probably from the Atlantis Chronicle stuff of Peter David, but, you know, not enough, you know. Um, when they get into the abilities, I mean, first of all, did they ever explain Mara's abilities and the fact that she's the only one that has them? Yeah, Mara is like a, a waterbender, um, and it's great. Um, is it, it's so weird. <laughs> this movie is so weird. I like the idea that because he's the true king, he had the ability, and they say that Atlan had it also, and he's from his line. So mm-hmm. I like that. Um, you know, it's, it's actually always been a little problematic for me and a little unclear but I think in the comics, they sort of do like, yeah, that all Atlanteans are strong like he is, as opposed to, you know, in Marvel with Namor, he's way stronger, you know, and it's really problematic for me that they're all that strong, you know, and I don't, I, I, I have difficulty buying that, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, that, 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 that's beyond, it's sort of like they're as guardian, you know, it's like, it, it, it's way beyond the, I mean, if we ever got into a fight with them. Yes, there are. Yeah, no, they, they have a super space race, and that, the battle at the end of this movie just shows how completely insane their uh, militaristic capabilities are. Uh, and obviously, at the end of the movie, they have this kraken thing going on. So we're we're bouncing around to quite a bit, and I don't have a problem with that because this movie is effing weird. And again, I'm glad I went to see this movie, and I'm glad this movie exists. Yeah. People were calling this a good DC movie, which. Well, it is. I mean, it's, it, it, you know, the DC movies are problematic. I mean, here's the thing. Man of Steel is too dark, but not a bad movie. BVS is a mess that has some decent moments. 
You know, Suicide Squad started out decent. You can just throw it away. You just throw it away. Yeah, yeah. And Wonder Woman is, you know, not a great end, but for the most part, a solid movie, right? Um, This movie's fun. He was much better than I expected. You know, you get past the bro stuff. Um, You know, I mean, listen, I definitely groaned. And people in front of me, when they stopped to take five minutes to make out in the middle of the battle... Yeah, yeah, it's like seriously. Well, um, let's talk about some. Let's talk about Orm some. Orm was that. great. What's that? Orm was great for all the scenery chewing. Yeah. Um. So let's talk real quick about something that I, really early on in the movie I thought was interesting. We we have Arthur's origin, which I thought was again like those first five minutes where you have Arthur's origin. And yeah, and they did the stuff with, um, with. You know, his mother and father. I thought that was beautiful. I thought it was great. Um, that was a really tightly done sequence, and James Wan did an amazing job with it. Um, when you have that first sub reveal, and, and, and the movie has a lot of work to do, and, and I'm not going to say that the movie has two villains in it, um, because well, I, re- I love Patrick Wilson. I, yeah, I love Patrick Wilson. I love this. He's clearly the villain of the movie. He has a sub villain that I think was more interesting um he this black manta like first off casting kevin hart was fantastic having montel williams play his dad was even better um, <laughs> what's that funny oh in that one scene where like they're talking i'm like i'm just picturing kevin hart and montel williams as as like black manta and black manta senior mm-hmm. <laughs> but the the thing is this the actions of the movie created Black Manta. And, it, and so Black Manta's origins sequence is, like, he actually has some drive. You've got a main character in Arthur Curry where he's kind of like, that ain't me. I'm not going to do this. I don't believe that. I, I'm, I'm really not a, the guy you're looking for. I'm not a king. I'm not a hero. He really has a lot of, like, apprehension about being... The hero. Meanwhile, the Black Manta character is like, I'm going to kill the motherfucker. He killed my dad. And he's got so much drive that every time he's on the screen, you're really rooting for him. Yeah. And, and, and he's got a very interesting story. Even in the post credit sequence, you're like, hell yes. Hell yes. I'm rooting for Black Manta. I want yeah. Black Manta to kick some ass. And then when Black Manta finally adopts the uh, the Atlantean technology into his mask and just starts blowing shit up in Sicily, I'm That's like, awesome. this is fucking awesome. I am so down with Black Manta. And, you know, and uh, and I, I really like the, okay, you know, the comics, he just has this blasting thing. No, why does he have this technology that's actually going to hurt him? Because he gets it from them. I like that. I like Yes, that made a lot of sense. That, that was, was the whole point in the heist. You know, we, you know, with the submarine, and that all tied together really well. And so that was really well done. Yeah, and on a macro that, level, the script is really good. That's yeah, why when I think about how you do an Aquaman movie better, on a macro level, this script is actually pretty good. Yeah, well, well let me ask you this, because maybe I'm not remembering this right, because I only saw Justice League the one time in the theater. But so it seemed to me like I was sitting there, and I literally looked at my friends like, did I miss a reel? Because Mara shows up, and I thought, like... In Justice League, well, he already knew her, you know, and it seemed like he already knew you know, from Atlantis and everything else. Obviously, you know, he, he learned from Volko, but didn't it seem like he'd been there? Like, 
Yeah, you know, okay, let's talk about that because I thought that was a deleted scene from that I'd seen online and I'd forgotten that that was an actual scene in the Justice League movie. In the Justice League movie, there's a sequence where Arthur is not going to go help out Bruce and his plan, but Mira kind of talks him into it, I think, right. and she, she creates an air bubble in right. this underground chamber. There may or may not be a little bit of an action sequence, but there is definitely an Aquaman-Mira scene. Yeah. Uh, watching this movie, Aquaman, a part of me was like, wait, was that scene in actual Justice League or was it in a deleted yeah. scene? Because no, it's, it's in the this, movie. because yeah. his familiarity with him in Aquaman, and, and, and then she says, you defeated Wolf. Uh, what, what's that? Steppenwolf. Yeah, she said, you defeated Steppenwolf. And I was like, wait, this movie takes place after Justice League? Exactly. This is insane. So then I'm waiting for, and you keep getting the flashbacks. I'm like, well, what led up to that other thing? I'm like, and I don't see it. And I'm like, am I crazy? Did I miss some connective tissue here? Because it seems like, I mean, look, they could have not shown us every flashback, but I felt like that was missing. Yeah. I mean, we know they dealt with Volko. They flat out tell us he's never been to Atlantis before. And that seemed to me like that was just off. Mm -hmm. You know, that bugged me. Okay, so, you know, I do like, I mean, they did it out of order, but I did like the, the child scenes. I Listen, I'm sorry. It may have been cheesy, but I really enjoyed the aquarium scene. Yeah, no, no, I have no problem with the origin. That origin I love how they did his the fish thing, like right out of the comics and, mm -hmm. and the old Super Friends cartoon. Yeah. You know, he, I love he, that. he even gets to ride a, a seahorse monster. Um, I'm a little confused at what point his skin got really thick and hard to pierce. And um, because, you know, he has all his tattoos. Yeah, that's puberty. You know, but by the way, does it make That's sense? That's a rash. That, Those aren't is... tattoos. Those are rash. Yeah, I don't understand how somebody who can't be pierced by bullets can get a tattoo. <laughs> yeah. Um, and does it make sense that he wouldn't have the abilities to puberty? Because otherwise, like, if he'd been born in the water, wouldn't he have just been crushed instantly? I don't know. <laughs> so like, he has all the abilities the other Atlanteans have, but he doesn't get them the later, as if he's a mutant. But, well, he wouldn't have survived in the sea then. Yeah, and there's almost something. There's almost an argument to be made that Willem Dafoe helped him unlock some of those things. But at the yeah. end of the day, they're still physical abilities. Yeah. So I don't know. Exactly. I'm going to go with the X Men excuse of puberty. Right, but then he wouldn't have survived in the water, right? Yeah. Well, he was going through puberty when he started getting trained by Willem Dafoe. Right. 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 I'm guessing. The I guess, yeah. These were problems for me. Would you um, say that some of the rules in this movie were um, wishy-washy? Yeah, all over the place, all over the place. <laughs> um, I, as I mentioned earlier, language, I guess, not relevant. Doesn't yeah, and, and, and you realize it's not relevant when his mother starts talking to her, his father right off the bat. Right. Within a minute of the movie starting, they're talking and communicating with each other. Thank God she didn't wash up on anywhere but Britain, New Zealand, South Africa, Australia, or the U.S. or Canada. Do a Tamaranian skin tuck, you know, contact absorb language. I don't know something, you know, right. or or Atlanteans have studied every Earth, you know Earth language, especially the royal, so they know. But you know, but and you, you know what I mean, like something. But no, yeah. nothing like that. Um, what about the whole oh? 
highborn Atlanteans are, you know, hybrids and can breathe air, but the others can't. I yeah, I think that was a really convenient that way. To, that was a really convenient way to have Patrick Wilson being able to fight above ground, above the water, in the end of sequence, but also have a great way for Mira to dispatch people creatively and put a toilet joke in the movie. Right, and of course, yeah. Bottom line, that Mira can't. Not, not, I'm sorry, but you know, At- Atlanta. You know, I mean, it can't only be Arthur because it doesn't even work for Atlanta if they ever even had him. Right. Right. So yeah, it's problematic. Um, that being said, there, there is a lot of stuff that's problematic about this movie. Again, I couldn't even convince myself this movie was good at most times, I, but I, 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 I enjoyed watching it. Um, well, here's a, here's a positive for you. I thought Patrick Wilson was a lot of fun with the, yeah. I thought he was great chewing some scenery up as the villain. And you know what? Dolph Lundgren. Oh yeah. Yeah. Well, let me, let me say this one. And not a cameo by Dolph Lundgren. A lot of screen time by yeah, Dolph yeah, yeah. Lundgren. No, no, but I, I have to go back to, to a quibble, and, and it's particularly noticeable with Patrick Wilson in, in, in the gladiatorial fight scene. Um, they're underwater, but they're walking around like on the ledge and stuff, right? Like, didn't it seem a little weird? Like they're just walking. <laughs> We're getting knocked off that ledge, <laughs> right? Meanwhile, in the ships, they're floating. They're like right. drifting around in their on their own ships when you would expect them on like the bridge of their attack ship to be walking around because you saw them walk into gladiatorial combat. Yeah, they're it, drifting. It, it, they're it, drifting. And by the way, look, filmmaking wise, I mean, they did a lot of swimming. I get that it's hard. I just have to call it out. It just seemed a bit inconsistent with swimming the walking back and forth. It was a little bit, you know. And listen, you know, I get it, but it, it took me out at times. You know, when, when they make the point about, you know, and that was the whole point. The movie turned on, take him out of his element, right? Yeah. And beat him, take him out of his element. And yet, I don't know, he seemed fine. You know? Um, I thought it was really funny when they did the gladiatorial thing with the little, with the stats. You know, what, what's against him? And, you know, and he's a drunk. You know, like, it was very, very self-aware. Yeah. Although, I don't know why everyone in Atlantis would know all that stuff about him. <laughs> so I guess we're just supposed to accept that, you know, it just suddenly became very Vegasy, and everyone knows, and, like, it's been this promoted fight, you know? But, again, yeah. it was fun. It was silly, but it was fun, right? Um, yeah, no, every time this movie was silly, for the most part, every time this movie did something that was silly or outrageous, like the gladiatorial combat scene, you also had fun with it. And yeah. we're like, okay, well, we kind of get the rules. The floor is lava. Don't mm-hmm. touch the lava. <laughs> right. You know what I mean? And I guess they they end when you break the other person's trident. Okay, got it. Got We're it. Um, one yeah. sequence. By the way, the and then question- Mira saves him from that. Mira Mira just comes in and shuts everything off with her power of water bending whenever she wants. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And of course, you know, it totally becomes the whole Grail Quest thing, and it's Arthur and all of that, right? Yes. Having said that. When he gets the, you know, the, the armor, the classic costume, I wanted to yellow, cheer. The yellow and green? Yeah. Yeah, I wanted to cheer. I do have to say, and I don't know about you, um, and I get they're really pushing the whole Jason Momoa, big, strong, strapping, good-looking guy. But on the umpteenth vanity shot where he's walking and he turns back and he kind of smirks at the camera, and I'm literally like, I, I, I had a groan. I was like, you know, it was right before then, you know, when he's going in there. I'm like, 
oh, this is like the, the Brad Pitt Legends of the Fall coming over the hill, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, was, did, that, did, did that not finally just take you out of the movie? Uh, you, wait, I'm trying to think of the sequence. You're talking about the sequence where he has just received the trident in the green and gold? No, he, he's, yeah, he's he like going. the waterfall? Yeah, and he turns back and he smiles, yeah. you know? And it's like, yeah, yeah it's just it's just, it's just, just really big giant. I'll tell you what took me out of the movie on this sequence was his mother's covered in fish guts, skin, and bone, and she's been like that for 20 years. She must reek. I was like, yo, how do you look this good covered in absolute skin and gross ass? Like, she's got this Hannibal Lecter of fish thing going on all over her body. She's pretty yeah. much like Silence of the Lambs, like, dressing. You know, she's, she's in, like, the Silence of the Lambs fish version dressed up. And I'm like, you're wearing a scarecrow human skin suit looking thing. <laughs> this is disgusting. Yeah. <laughs> and she's like, I survived the trench and found myself in this ocean paradise. The time that the, the land, that time forgot, she's underneath it. And I was like, well, that's cool. Um, all right. And you can't go back through the vent without the trident. All right. I'm getting yeah. some of this. I got to tell you, the, the fact that they hid that kraken from us until the very end, I'm so down with. I like the fact that. I love the fact that he's fighting what appeared to be psychic tentacles and they're just smacking him around. I was like, yeah, this is awesome. That being said, he's he's standing there for a long time rather than just – the thing doesn't show up until like 30 seconds into the sequence. And we've seen how fast Arthur can go in the water. Why didn't he just jet over and grab the damn trident? It was clearly the trident. He's standing in awe of the thing for 30 seconds waiting for a giant monster to show up behind him and keep him from it. And when yeah, the giant yeah. monster shows up, he still sits there for 30 seconds listening to it. <laughs> yeah, but they, they do say that, you know, it's the whole notion of booby trap, they say that Atlan wouldn't give it to him kind of thing. Sure. So that didn't bother me quite as much. Um, I do love, love the look of it when he comes riding in on it. It's awesome, you know? Because of that end battle on this giant Kraken monster... Yeah. Um, which is, which I think was the same monster that Han Solo and Solo flew the the Millennium Falcon around when he was trying <laughs> to escape from the yeah. spice mines. <laughs> right. Wasn't that the same monster? Uh, reminiscent. Um, <laughs> Giant tentacle monster in the middle of a vortex. I'm in. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, at that point in the movie, I thought it was a lot of fun. I mean, another thing I had some difficulty with was the politics didn't really make sense. Mara's already engaged to him and part of his court, yet, you know, it seems like the issues between him and her father, like, that that, that should have gotten past, you know, were not resolved, right? You know, like, that seemed a little weird for me. Mira, um, Mira and, um, and Willem Dafoe were acting as, like, as, like, you know, secret spies behind his back? Well, no, no, because here's the thing. Volko's straight up his his advisor, right? right. And uh, and Mera is his betrothed, which would have come out of, you know, seemingly an alliance, since she's the daughter of King Narius. Right. So it, it sort of seems like, I don't know, like maybe that would have been part of their, you know, they wanted to establish that relationship already existed, you know, and she she says it's not love, it was, you know, duty and all that stuff so i don't know 
the politics between the different kingdoms just seemed a little weird. I do like that they came up with a reason for the whole notion of calling him Ocean Master. You know? I did love that. And I like, you know, and, and the one thing that I really enjoyed was that last fight and going back to Black Manta. Yeah. You have Arthur in his golden green, which is awesome. Mm-hmm. You have Black Manta looking like Black Manta, and Ocean Master looks like Ocean Master. Yeah, the colors were, were different, but still, it looks like Ocean Master. I thought that was really cool. Hell, yes, I thought that was so cool. Yeah, I really liked that. Um, you know, for me, like, the decision, the, you know, the, it's post-Flashpoint to make Ocean Master, you know, to make that, that aspect of the origin that he actually grew up in Atlantis and all that, you know? Um, yes. I was hoping, you know, I mean, just show me, a, a, you know, a dark-haired kid with purple eyes running around, you know, a boy, mm-hmm. you know, I wanted Garth, <laughs> the lad, and ultimately Tempest. You know? Well, well, hey, man, you've already convinced people that we made an Aquaman movie. Let's not push it, all right, pal? Like, the, we, got, we, 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 probably got the, we probably got the best Aquaman movie like possible and it still and it still had a, a little bit of problem it still had plenty of problems getting across the finish line but we're probably getting a sequel the other thing was you know since they did this version you know in post flashpoint they made tula who's ultimately aqua girl they made her sister you know and it's very much part of orm's court so but i get that it would have been more complicated for the sake of the story and having orm a little more isolated you know, to not do Tula, you know? And all I'm saying is the the version of the Aquaman movie that we finally got that still had so many problems, yeah. let's not push it. I will all say right, visually Merc was What's not that? Merc. Merc yeah. was, was the, you know, the, the, the guard that, you know, stabbed and all that, you know, and mm-hmm. just casting-wise, like, just visually so different. Who fine. was the actor? It looked like a Peter Fetch and Ellie or something like that. It wasn't, but it did look like him. You know, that, um, Peter Petronelli is handsome, though. It was not Peter yeah. Petronelli. <laughs> um, there there was a lot they, of makeup. They put him up with the scar on the face, yeah. which was Mark. You know, like yeah. is that scar. So um, One thing I was going to say uh, that I thought was also very positive was the way that they resolved the Orm and Arthur sequence, where Orm, had, you know, clearly Atlantis had back to Arthur. Arthur defeated him in combat. I would have liked a little bit more. When you have three giant spinning blades in this sequence, yeah. I would really love for that to be utilized a little bit more uh, because it's such, a, it's such a huge set piece and it has such danger to it that I would like I was like, okay, well, there's a sequence where Orm is pushed towards the blades and it starts to clip a part of his helmet. It would have been a great way to remove his helmet because we know that superhero movies love having a maskless you know, character at the end of the sequences, whenever they're fighting the final fight, they like to have them without their without anything on their faces. Um, to have Arthur do something with the blades would have been great too. Um, but at the end of the day, when Arthur defeats Orm, and it's clear that Atlantis has accepted him as the new king, and Orm has nothing to do but face some kind of penalty, the whole "let's talk when you're ready" part I thought was great. I was like, Arthur, yeah. Arthur is accepting this guy as his family. He is accepting that these are politics he doesn't understand and he understands that Orm there is good in him. And well, the fact well, that it wasn't just black and white, but it's whenever you're ready, let's talk. I thought it was a really great touch. 
Well, I really like this idea that these two brothers who never knew each other both resented the other one and for pretty much the same reason, right? But they blamed, you know, the other, right? Sure, you killed my mother. Turned yeah. out not or, true. Or it's your fault, you know? Right. Um, I, I had a moment. There was no doubt in my mind that she was going back, you know, to his father. It was just yeah, so I thought it was great. going out there. And yet there was this one moment where I was like, oh, don't let Orm go totally evil and kill her, you know? Right. right. I think that that would have been irredeemable. And I think it would have really yes. broken. It would have broken the it would have broken the future of having some cool stuff happen in that franchise. Absolutely. Um, I did find it just a little weird, like, or you just cut on me, just going away. And I honestly was like, I was like, what exactly is he being charged with? Well, let's be clear. He definitely killed the king of the Fisher Kingdom. He, did, but <laughs> he definitely he killed him. Right? What's that? But no one's saying that's a crime. I mean, if anything, what that was, was right. he's he the king killed. of one, and you know, it was war. I mean, Right, but Atlantis, Atlantis, has, Atlantis has a, a peace within itself, and he killed one of the other kings. Yeah, but it's not clear that he's being arrested for that. You know what I mean? Like it's right. No, I, I get you. Had had it been had it been fishermen going to like bringing him back, the, the, if the fishermen had them specifically had been like pulling him back into the water, I would be, I would have been like, okay, cool. Like right. he, like, he has to face him. Arthur beats him, and although it, I didn't, didn't seem like a formal declaration like, like the other one had been, I think the idea is that, okay, it's just like that. He's beaten him. And by the way, he's the older brother and has the claim, and now he has his mother behind him, you know? So all that works, but I don't know why he's getting arrested exactly, right? Um, by the way, someone actually said to me, well, wait, if she's alive, shouldn't she be queen and supersede all of that? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, unless it's, you know, a patriarchal society and women can't rule, that's not clear, right? It would explain why she ran away at the beginning. <laughs> yeah. It, by the way, it's also unclear, like, where the royalty is passing down from because cause she's already royal, but, you know, she's marrying um, a king. See, in the comics, you know, she was actually the royalty and an arms father wasn't royal, but he could be attained royalty by marrying her. He was like a captain of the guard. So all the royalty and those connections were just all little unclear, right? You know, yeah. among the things that are convoluted. Just saying, you know. So these are a couple of little things that were just a little bit unclear. Um, I did find as I'm sitting there and all these things are happening, and I'm like, I, I kind of get that they don't want to, you know, um, muck it up with the other franchise stuff. But, like, where the fuck is Superman? <laughs> you know? That, well, that's the problem with DC movies, period, at this point, is when anything bad happens... Where the fuck is Superman? And you know what? If you're going to talk about like the Roman, the Romans and Greeks that existed being concurrent civilizations with the Atlanteans, um, okay, where are your Amazons? Right. Where's, where's the Macera represented in those statues there at the end, <laughs> or in Sicily? Where the, where's the Macera? I, I mean, so. it, it just listen. I don't always. Oh, there's a way to do a story in the same way in the comics where you every superhero doesn't show up. But the things happening in Aquaman are too global down to, you know, the news organizations and all these things happening. There should be some reference, you know, Superman commented this or something. There should be some throwaway thing to acknowledge that he exists. It, if we hadn't already had a Justice League movie, I, would, I might forgive it a little bit. But having already had a Justice League movie, it's weird, right? Yes. 
Yes, as a pre-Justice League movie, this one would have worked a little bit better. Um, as is, um, we need that third Man of Steel movie to explain where where Kal-El was during this sequence because yeah. a, like the it's entire planet is being threatened by Atlantis. Yeah, again, if this had happened before Justice League and he was dead at the time, well, that would have worked. Right. Right. No, it's it's um, it's a bit and of a problematic way, movie. By the way, honestly, is there any reason, any reason at all, to have not said it before it? No, especially since your opening is already being set in the late '80s, early '90s with Arthur's origin. Like you're already you're already putting, you know, titles at the beginning of the movie to to put these things ahead of modern day. Do you really have to advance it to the present? No, you could I, have you could have advanced this to a handful of years ago, and it would have been clean. I think that in BVS, it's such a secret thing. The Aquaman's a secret thing, you know. And then you get to Justice League, and I think that you know what they established with Doctor Shin and where they're setting up the sequel is that now everyone knows Atlanteans are real and all of that. And I think that's the reason why they had to set it after Justice League because mm. coming off of a BVS. That's not the sense of it. It's still these mysteries. So I think that's the answer for that. Right. But, you know, it just creates a couple other issues. I will say, again, the Dr. Shin stuff that's right out of the comics. And that setup is interesting, you know, and mm-hmm. you know, obviously you know, with Manta. So that, that's kind of cool. And that's just it. I mean, someone said to me, oh, they didn't think Manta was necessary. And I was like, not only was Manta great. And, right, and that's an interesting thing for me. Like, Yeah, I had so much fun with all the Manta character? stuff. All the Manta stuff was so much fun. Yeah, it's fun, and and again, as you put it, you know, it it it, 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 it he's a sub villain, you know. The fact that not they a pun that, that is not a pun. Yeah, no, it's it, it it's good because it's part of Orm's plan that he did that, but now he has a personal reason that worked really well for me. And by the way, and I actually liked that, you know, they actually had Arthur say it, like, yeah, I did him wrong, like I did this, yes. and I yes. wasn't right that it wasn't heroic. It actually, you know. One of the best things about the movie is Arthur has an arc in it, and it, it's actually a good arc. You buy it. You know, he's the kind of whatever and, you know, not interested and just being half-assed, you know, and then and he learns in it, and he grows in it. Yeah, and he has remorse for yeah. what he's done, and yeah. um, and I agree with you. He the, the, he goes from, and it, and it is a, it's from the trailer, but it's a great line, is that what's greater than a king, a hero, and he finally accepts one and arguably the other. Um, the point I was going to put in it here was there is a lot of remnants of, a, of an integration with the bigger DC cinematic universe. Now it seems like the DC cinematic universe is going, starting to stratify into its own things with things like the Joker movie uh, coming out and, you know, we do have a future Wonder Woman movie, but right. it, is set, it is set in the 80s, and, well, right. and everything else is kind of in question. Um, what would the future be for uh, a, a, a movie like this? Because it did make gangbusters worldwide. It is doing oh, well, no, I, and we and we are getting a Suicide Squad movie I mean, sequel, way, or at least a or at least a uh, Harley Quinn movie. Yeah, can I just say that? And could you have ever imagined a day where? This movie, two weeks in, is already bigger than Justice League's entire run. Aquaman is bigger than Justice League's entire run two weeks in. You know? Yeah, after BVS, I can believe it. 
I know, but still, I mean, yeah. and you have to give James Wan a lot of credit. I do want to say some of the imagery stuff and talking about little, little comments I had to make. Like when they're first getting into Atlantis, it was like this cross between, um, you know, the, the Phantom Madness, you know, uh, Naboo, Underwear Naboo stuff and Tron. Yes. Right. And I was literally like, I was looking for Gungans, you know, <laughs> that final battle. Yeah, absolutely. Final, and even just when they were first going into the city, you know, with all the lights and everything else, they just looked so Gungan. Right, right, right. You know, but that's but pretty funny. It worked for me. But, you know, I was definitely, definitely thinking that and feeling that. That's really funny. Well, is there anything that you want to um, add to it? I thought Amber Heard might have been a bit miscast as Mira or that character was just awkward. Uh, she was not given the best material because because yeah. I, 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 that hard. one that 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 did not feel like it was in sync with everything else in the film. Like she, like that that was like wait what that line felt clunky. Yeah, yeah. Well, as, as I said, I mean, all along, like it, it just it felt you know, and I do like that they gave her a lot to do, and they made her a very strong character, and that's sure. In- very much in keeping with where they are in the comics these days, where Mara on her own, she's a member of the Justice League, takes his place. You know, she's fully queen, all those things. She's a really strong character. Hell yeah, she's got waterbending powers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but you know, even just the personality, maybe not the best casting. She looked great, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, and, and the, the, it's true that, that that is where a lot of the issues lie. You know, but um, I mean, listen, overall, it's a fun movie where the DC stuff is going. I mean, who knows? You know, um, we and, really have no idea, do we? Yeah, we don't. I mean, are, are they going to make the Flash movie? Are they going to do Flashpoint? You know, that's the thing for me. Do Flashpoint and, and, you know, pump up the Aquaman Wonder Woman at war of that. I mean, how awesome would that be? Right. And that's a great, fun, pseudo-Justice League movie, right? And you can clean it up and come back to whatever universe you want. Yeah, but but and, and the thing is, and that's a big movie. Yeah, it's Flash, but it isn't. It's Flashpoint. Right. You know? so, and by the way, and you buy this that version of Flash screwing up, you know? Mm-hmm. But then, you know, you, you, you do do Thomas Wayne, you know, Batman, you know, but you do, you do Aquaman and Wonder Woman. I mean, honestly, it, it, it's perfect for them because they don't need Henry Cavill for that story because Superman's not right, right? You know, he's all scrawny, you know, in yeah. that story. You know, you don't need Ben Affleck. Yeah, you don't. You know? I think both of them, you'd like them in a framing sequence, but you don't have to have them, you know? No, not if you have a whole Thomas Wayne sequence Jason and things Mamala, like that, yeah. You know, I mean... Yeah, it's 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 tailor made and it would be amazing. Yeah, if done the right way. Well, I'm in I'm in agreement. I think that Flashpoint is the direction to go if you're going to clean up a lot of the stuff that's seems broken but, in your universe at the point. Um, any you, last? I, I, I heard talk about that before, but after this movie, I feel that much more strongly about Flashpoint. Yeah, because. Having seen both how much they've realized of this movie, but also how well it's done, Flashpoint makes that much more sense. I agree. I agree. Um, there's stuff that can be thrown out and stuff that you can keep, but that seems to be the cleanest way to carve the turkey and, and, and get yeah. the fat out of 
atmosphere. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well. well, Ian, thank you for sitting through this movie. <laughs> yeah, <it was. laughs> yeah, I think it was fun, too. Good or bad, we don't know what it was, but we know it was a fun movie and arguably the best version of an Aquaman movie we're going to get. Um, I mean, that. Yeah. Uh, Geekscapists, thank you for listening to Ian and I break down Aquaman. There's more Geekscape coming in 2019. If you can, go back, and if you enjoyed Spider-Verse, go back and listen to Ian and I talk about Spider-Man Spider-Verse up on the feed right now. Tell your friends to subscribe to Geekscape. we got more deep cuts coming as we go through Miss Marvel's, Captain Marvel's coming up. we got some more. we got Avengers Endgame. we got a ton of stuff coming up as we roll to Comic-Con. And I'm sure there's even more than that that we aren't even t- uh, mentioning. But um, Geekscape, we love you. We put these podcasts up for free for you. Pass them around. Get them on Spotify. Tell your friends. Leave us a review wherever you get them. And um, we are really excited about the things that are going on in 2019. Uh, if you enjoy Ian's reviews, hey, come find him at Comic-Con. <laughs> and, and talk to him because the guy has a lot to say. And, uh, and I love his opinion. Um, we're on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Uh, on Facebook, we have a Facebook uh, group called Geekscape Forever, and Ian's in there from time to time giving his opinion and sharing his opinion. So definitely jump in on the Facebook as well. Anything else, Ian, that you'd like to add? No, um, just keep on doing it. Thanks, guys. Uh, here's to 2019. Here. Here's to more fun DC movies. And we love you, Geekscapists. Over and out, Geekscape Forever. You're listening to the Geekscape Network.